Welcome to the sermon podcast of Southside Baptist Church, a body of Christ located in beautiful Norman Park, Georgia. We are so glad you chose to listen in today. It's our prayer you would find the message of Jesus Christ compelling and uplifting, and that your life would be changing continually from hearing the Word of God. If you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. And now for today's message. Thanks again, gentlemen. Um, I was asked to make introductions, but... Our guest speaker today needs no introduction, uh, but we appreciate uh, Brother Jimmy coming and sharing God's word with us today, and Miss Robbie came with him as well, and and so uh, Brother Jimmy, uh, come and, and share what God's laid on your heart. I'm from Cairo, Georgia. As most of you know, I grew up there. But I live longer in Norman Park than I ever have anywhere in the whole world. And we moved about 18 times, my wife and I did. So you can imagine how short my stay were, stays were in other places. When I came here to Norman Park 37 years ago and uh, stayed... Uh, the children that were here then are grandmas now and grandpas. I look out over this congregation and I think, you know, I'm going to just mention a few names. Now, I don't, I don't mean any harm if I don't call your loved one's name. But uh, I look out here and I, I don't see Daryl Weaver, you know. And Daryl and I have had a lot of fun together. I, I don't see I don't see uh, any of his brothers. They're all gone. They're all gone. They let me come into this church and help with those funerals. But uh, I just I'm telling you that to tell you this that I'm so glad y'all let me come back to uh, be here for this service. I uh, came to Norman Park. I returned to Norman Park, maybe I should say, but I came in 1956 to go to school here. Uh, left in 58. I came back in 62 to teach school at the college and, and taught there for uh, five years. Went to the University of Georgia and then uh, through other places I taught at uh, Georgia Southern and I went to Mississippi College and then came back to uh uh, Statesboro, Georgia, and then came back over over to uh, Tarrytown, Georgia, and then I came here. And I've been here ever since. Planned to stay here. Planned to be here till the Lord calls me home. I've met a lot of people that have been so much fun to me. I learned a lot of things from right here in Norman Park that I want to share with you today, some of which I want to share with you today. If you want to follow along in the scriptures, I'm going to be asking you to turn to Revelation 21 and Revelation 22. 
John 14. Uh, those will be the things that I'll, where I'll be listening. And if you want to just go to Revelation and just stay there, that'll be all right. Because most of you in here know John 14, and that'll be okay too. But I want to talk with you about what I learned about norm, about heaven while I was here in Norman Park. I'm, I, uh, my, trend, my idea of heaven has changed a lot because of this place, Norman Park. This world is not my home. I'm just a traveling through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels welcome me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Y'all don't know how much courage it took for me to do that with these guys here. And Mike sitting back yonder. And Ben up here on the front seat. You just don't know how much courage it took. But it expresses the feeling of my heart. It's an old southern gospel song. That goes way back. Many people have recorded it. But I've come to let it be one of my anchor songs. I get in the shower, I sing it. Yesterday, I took a nap. Robbie woke me up so we could go to a wedding. And uh, before I got out of bed, I said, sing that, sing that song to me. She sang it to me. Because I've learned that heaven is my home. And I learned that. Not while I was here. But it deepened while I was here. I want to start with the 16th verse of Revelation 21. Now, as I look at this and I read it to you, you're going to say, what in the world you got going on? Listen, the city lieth four square. The length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs, the length and breadth of the and the height of it are equal. When I came to Norman College, I did not have my master's degree, and I had to promise to go to uh, Florida State to learn to, to get my master's degree in English. And therefore, I went so that I could have a job up here. I'm not a person who likes to listen to, uh, to the music on, that the radios play now. I like to listen to to uh, the bluegrass, and I like to listen to uh, other other music, but but not the bump bump kind. It just bump bumps me to death, and I just don't just can't take it. I heard a car coming down the road. This is an aside. By the way, when you get old, you can chase rabbits, and everything will be all right. 
I was out back of my yard, back of my house, and I heard a car coming down the road. It turned the corner up there where the Davises lived, and and I could hear boom, 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 boom. And I heard boom, 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 until they got to the schoolhouse. Now, that's a long way if you don't know it, and that's a long way to have to listen to that kind of stuff. But I can't listen to that. I listen, I have to listen to talk. And way back yonder in 1960s, when I was here at school, I would listen to, uh, to the NPR radio station that was based at Florida State University. I'd listen to it going down and I'd listen to it coming back and there were some wonderful, wonderful insights I had, but I had the, one of the best insights about what my home in eternity is going to be like. I learned from the Diane Ream show that my home is large enough to take care of all the souls God wants to put into it. I want to describe this, and you're going to have to let, let me, I'm an English teacher, I'm a talking mathematics, and, uh, and, and so you'll have to just forgive me. If you look at this verse of scripture that I have read to you, you'll see that the city is four square. That means it is laid out as a, as a cube all the way around. It's a, it has four sides that are equal dis, equidistant. It's four square. The length is as large as the breadth, and the, he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Now, I'm not, as I say, I'm not a mathematician. I'm an English fellow. So I put it into English words so I can understand. If you start at New York City, Go at a diagonal, a little diagonal down the coast so you'd be, in, be dealing with the United States. You come to the southern tip of Florida. You've come, you've come approximately what one side of the United States of heaven is going to be. You start at that point and go across Mexico into the Pacific Ocean and you'll find that there's the other point. Start there and come back up to Washington uh, State and you get the other point. And then come back to New York and you've got the other point. I want you to see that it covers almost, the city covers almost the size of the United States of America. I want you to listen to this too. I was listening to Diane Reem. You know, Diane Reem, uh, the NPR is not a conservative group of people. The NPR is rather liberal. And they were talking. She was interviewing a guy. And this was in 1960s now. She was interviewing a guy who was a population expert. And he was talking about the fact that that it might be that we run out of... of uh, Stuff to eat, building houses is going to be gone. Oil is going to be gone. You know how you know that you know the story of how they would say, unless we curb our growth as a as a human being, as a body of human beings. 
At that time, there were six billion people on the face of the earth. Today, there are eight and a half billion on the face of the earth. Well, if you think about heaven, how in the world are you going to cram that many people in there? I listened to that story. I listened to that interview. And I listened for the whole time because I was interested in it. And I didn't want to go to bumpity bump. So I came on the way back home. I was listening. And I heard this, heard them talk about how we're going to take away all the resources on the earth. And, and how we're going to bring the earth to ruin. And how bad it's going to be. Yeah, does that sound familiar to you guys on the radio and television today? It ought to. Because it's the same old story. Second verse. That's all it is. Same story. Second verse. I came back. As I was coming back. I listened to them talk. All that stuff. And then the man made a very important statement as he was going off. She had said, thank you for coming. He said, but Diane, let me interrupt you for just a moment. We have to be honest. If you were to take all, and listen carefully to what I'm saying. You have to take, if you take all six billion people on the face of this earth, you could put them in the state of Texas and give, divide them into families of four. And you could put every family in the state of Texas on a third of an acre. Now, many people build houses and live on thirds of an acre and grow gardens in the backyard. I got to thinking, four billion people in the state of Texas, listen to me. Start at New York, go down to the end of Florida, go across Texas, out, go across uh, Mexico into the Pacific Ocean, go up to Washington, come back across to New York. And that is how big heaven is. Where is Texas in that picture? Where is it? It's a little corner in the southwest part of that angle that I drew for you. That's where it is. Are we going to run out of room in heaven? No possible way. And on top of that, listen carefully. On top of that, it's not going to be one floor. This thing says that it is just as high as it is wide and as it is long. Now, what does that mean? That means we're going to be living in a tremendously big heaven that we're going to live in. I listened to that story. I listened, I listened to that story on, tele, on the radio and I heard them and I came back to it and I thought, my goodness, what a big place heaven is going to be. And then I put it together with something else that I learned while I was in school here at, at Norman College as a student. I took Greek. And Dr. Keebler, some of you may, be, may remember Dr. Eugene Keebler, taught us Greek and he gave to us John 14 to translate one time 
And if you remember, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. <laughs> Do you all know something? I looked at that and I was translating it and I thought, man, mansions. I've got a mansion. That's what I left Cairo, Georgia as a teenager thinking mansion was. It was the right thing. And I grew up on a farm in outside Cairo that had all of the things that you've heard about. And I'm not going to go back over them. Windows loose enough, the wind came through. Floor loose enough, you could count the chickens underneath. Y'all remember all of that. It was a, we lived in a sh on a farm, on a house on a farm outside Cairo. And when I saw, and when I learned, learned mansion, I thought, man, I'm going to have a mansion in heaven. It's going to be wonderful, wonderful. And then I translated it from Greek. You know what it said? In, it says in the Greek, in my father's house are many rooms. That was my balloon busted. And when that balloon busted, I didn't know really why God busted it in a Greek class at Norman College. I married Jackie Vole, Jackie Miller, who was uh, my wife for 52 years. And then I began slowly, slowly, slowly to learn what mansion was. Why that room was translated mansion. She and I never had a great big house. We never had servants going from room to room and cooking our meals and all that kind of stuff. We never had any of that. You think of that, associate all of that with mansion. We never had that. But I'm going to tell you something. I would never swap my bedroom in my house with my wife for anybody's mansion. Because I lived in a room where I was loved. I knew I was loved. She knew she was loved. And we were in the room where love dwells. And I began to see why the translators in 1611 said mansion. Because a room where love is, is greater than any room in any mansion in the world. It's where you loved. It's where you love. I learned that right here in Norman Park. I learned something else about heaven right here in Norman Park. You can, if you have John 14, you can go to that. If you don't, don't worry about it. Because I'm going to quote it to you. Most of you know that, or the older of you know, that I was the pastor of the church up here at Norman Park First Baptist for 20 years. And I got the first, when I first came back, I'm, Renewed acquaintance with Buddy Horn, one of my one of my uh, uh, 
very best friends in the whole world. At that time, his wife, Rosemarie, was suffering from cancer. And I had this same John 14 in my head. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That's a wonderful thing to have a place prepared. And then it goes on to say, and if I go away and prepare place, if I play, prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. This tells me it's a prepared place. Jesus went to prepare that place for us. And when we have that place prepared for us, and then we come to the point where it's time for us to go to our house, our room, or mansion, whichever one you want. We go to our room. Jesus comes to get us. Many of you have heard me say something like this before when I preach funerals sometime. I went, I was with Rose, with Buddy, the day Rosemarie died. He called me and he said, but he said, Jimmy, I'm on the way over and I think Rose, they told me Rosemarie Rose is dying in the hospital in Albany. Well, I took off over there and to be with Buddy whenever that time happened. I was in the room when I came in. <clears throat> there was Carl Wesley and Miss Horn and others around the room, around the bed, and Buddy was in there. And Miss Horn started crying, and she left. And 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 then uh, Carl Wesley went to check on his mama. And there was Buddy and Carl Wesley. I mean, there was me and Carl Wesley and Rosemary on the bed. Rosemary Marie looked up at Buddy and she said, and these were amongst her last words. And she said, Buddy, I saw Jesus today. She said that and Buddy thought she's under the influence of all that uh, medicine. And he said, Rosemary, what did he have on? trying to check her out. She's made this statement. I've never forgotten it. Never. Won't ever. You have to see that for yourself. Sounds like a smart aleck answer, doesn't it? And Buddy probably deserved a smart aleck answer. But I'm going to tell you this. When you look at what I just read to you and you listen to that statement, brother, it is not a smart aleck answer. It is the truth. I go to prepare a place for you and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. I'm a literalist there. I believe that the first thing you're going to see when you close your eyes in death is a hand of Jesus taking your hand and escorting you across the river Jordan into the promised land 
that he's given to every one of us who are Christians. I believe that. Don't be afraid to die. You're going to heaven where Jesus is. Into a room prepared for you. That is a room of love. You're going into those places. I learned all of that when I was here. I I listened to a preacher who came to my church. And you can tell, you can use this about your, your, your free will Baptist friend. He was a free will Baptist preacher. And he came to our church up here at Norman Park and preached about heaven. I asked him to come and preach about heaven. I had heard all these primitive Baptists. I'm, I'm sorry, not primitive. Free will Baptist people. I had, all, had heard all of them talking about how Damon Dodd could preach about heaven. And I wanted to hear what he had to see. Had to say. I learned something wonderful from him. If you read all of verse chapter 21 and the first part of chapter 22, you're going to find a description that is physical in nature. And in that, in that description of heaven, you're going to find that every <clears throat> gate that goes into heaven is a precious pearl. You're going to find that that gate is wide open. And it is, I mean, a precious gem, not a pearl. One of them is a pearl. A precious gem. All of them are wide open. There's three on the east, three on the west, three on the north, three on the south. They're wide open. And what does that mean? Damon Dodd said it means from all over the world, Christians are coming. Folks, you and I need to get to the point where it doesn't matter the color of your skin because they're going to be yellow and black and white and, ye- and, and brown people there. Why are we fussing about it today? Why? We don't ought to be fussing about it. They're coming from all over the world to dwell there with us. He talked about the streets being paved with gold. And they are paved with gold according to this description. Does it matter if it's paved with gold or not? He talked about the fact that there will be no more sea. Look in in verse 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. Why in the world is that important? Why is it important that there's no more sea? (laughs) I'll tell you something. John was on the Isle of Patmos. He was away from everybody and everything when he received this this, uh, revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ to John the Revelator. Why is it important? Well, there's one way you can look at it. You can say it's it's important that there's no more sea because John wanted to get out and preach the gospel more and he couldn't get out because he was surrounded by sea. I don't look at it like that. I learned here from Damon Dodd that John was on that island by himself. 
his children, his family were back elsewhere. He could not hug them. He could not touch them. He could not listen to them. He could not sit down to eat with them. They, he was completely by himself. You think about that for just a moment. There's no more, no more sea. No more sea. Separation. Damon Dodd taught me that that's a lovely place. It's a lovely place because it has all of the beauty of gold and silver and precious stones, all the beauty of it. And you know, when you get there, we may not even see a precious stone. We may not even see gold, but it won't matter, really. Because it's going to be the very best place that you and I could ever live. But then I want you to turn to Revelation 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, as clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, you want to ask me if there's fishing in heaven? Yes, sir, there's fishing in heaven. How many of you, this guy was just telling me a minute ago about going to the going to the Warrior Creek to fish and fishing? I love that Warrior Creek, and I go as often as I can. I love any creek. I love any lake of water to go fishing in. But you say, Jimmy, that doesn't say a bit about fishing. I'm just using my, brain, my, my own mind now about this and teasing mostly. He said that, that the, there's a river of life running right down the street in heaven. And on either side, there's a tree of life that's giving fruit, 12 fruits, a year, a, a once a month, a different fruit every month. And the leaves were for the healing of the nations. I want to ask you a question. When you go down to the creek, where are you going to find a brim bed? Right under the shadow of one of those trees. Is there going to be fishing in heaven? Yes, sir. I mean, there's going to be in my mind. May not be in yours, but it's in mine. And he goes on to take to tell us in that passage that we're going to have fruit to eat. We're going to have medicine for free off the tree. And there's going to be no more curse. None of those things will be there. None of those things that are bad will be there. There will just be us and God. That tells me that we're going to be taken care of. What does being taken care of mean? I'm getting to the end of my, end of my age, end of my life. I know that. You know that. You saw me grab that, that thing when I came up over there. You know that that's the case. I'm getting, I'm getting there. And when I think about being cared for, taken care of, I'm thinking about the fact that I've got the most wonderful wife in the world that's living right now. She's going to make sure that I'm taken care of. I'm going to make sure she's taken care of. When we get to heaven, 
we're going to be taken care of. Taken care of. Now, I've got one thing that bothers me about this. And that is this. I have some friends who have not yet made their reservation in heaven. And they don't realize that they can't work their way into heaven. They don't realize that they'll never be good enough to go to heaven. Never be good enough to join a church. They won't ever be. And what does that mean for us? Our entrance into heaven is guaranteed in Romans 10, 9, and 10 with this statement. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. <clears throat> and with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. If you have not yet made that statement to somebody, you need to make it to somebody. Best thing to do is to join a whole bunch of somebodies in a church. Because they're just as much a sinners, sinners as you are. The only thing is, They've trusted in Jesus Christ to take away their sins. I hope that you'll consider what I've said today. Because one day I would like to be able to see you, or one eternity, I'd be like to be able to see you in heaven and say it's better than Jimmy Bowles could describe it, isn't it? And that's what heaven's going to be. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Thanks again for listening today. We hope the word preached today would be used by God mightily as you go about your week. Again, if you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. Have a blessed day and may God grant you grace this week to grow more into the likeness of Jesus.